0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. So on today's episode, I am excited to share this interview with Leah Gervais, um, the founder of urban20something.com, and she shares how she leveraged her devastation to create success for herself. So she basically went from a low-paying job to building a multi-six-figure business for herself. And it stemmed from a major life-changing event that happened to her. And so um, I'll tell you a little bit more about Leah. Um, Like I said, she's the founder of Urban 20-something. She's also the host of Your Biggest Vision podcast, and she is a leading business coach. She started her business as a fun blog years ago to document her career confusion And start what she hoped to be a profitable side hustle. But instead, she turned that into her full-time job and a six-figure business. And now she works with women around the world to help them scale their platforms. So on this episode of the podcast, Leah shares her personal story. She shares how losing her dad became the catalyst for her business success today. How she dealt with her grief while pursuing success. She also shares her biggest business failures and successes, as well as tips for women who are pursuing revenue growth and profitability as they grow their businesses. So this is an episode that you definitely wanna listen to. Leah shares a ton of gems and her experience and her story are just very, very impactful. But before we get into the episode, if you haven't already stopped by Clever Girl Finance, or if it's been a while, head over to the site, clevergirlfinance.com. We have a ton of awesome courses to help you as you work on improving your finances. We have an epic community. And also with your course signups, you get access to schedule free calls with our Clever Girl Finance mentors. So if you're in the space where you need an accountability partner or someone to motivate you or someone to ask questions, um, you definitely wanna leverage this resource Our mentors are amazing and they're there to support you and provide you with accountability once you become part of our platform. So head over to clevergirlfinance.com. We also are constantly updating our blog with tons of new articles. So there's something there for everyone. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while and you haven't yet subscribed or if you are new to this podcast, hey, (laughs) I would love for you to subscribe and you can subscribe everywhere you listen to your podcast. So Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, basically find your favorite platform hit subscribe and tell your girlfriends all about this podcast oh and don't forget to head over to itunes if you're loving what you're listening to to leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well okay so now we're ready to get into the episode with leah and i'm just going to apologize in advance for some slight audio issues that we had however it does not in any way take away from the value you're going to get from listening to this podcast episode so let's talk to leah Hey, Leah. Hey, Bola. Welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. I am super excited to chat with you today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So before we dive into talking about business and your story with entrepreneurship and how you help other women, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Great. So my name is Leah.
1: I live in New York City, like Bola. And I, um, I've lived here for almost 10 years and I run a website called urban 20 something and no, it's not just for 20 somethings. And yes, I need to figure out what I'm going to do when I'm no longer a 20 something, (laughs) but that's what it's called. And, uh, I started it, you know, three years ago when I was a early 20 something, having recently graduated college and finding myself working as a paralegal in Manhattan, which you all can do the math and probably know that even a paralegal salary in New York is like under what it costs to live (laughs) here. So that was, uh, that was hard. Um, And I started my website when I was just feeling very confused about money, about my career, about my future. I felt very much in despair um, in terms of life turning into what I had envisioned it of and Uh, You know, I had dreamed of moving to New York my whole life, and I wanted to have a really fulfilling career, and I wanted really badly to be a working woman and a working mom, and my career was so important to me, and I just felt like that was all so far away at that point in my life. Now, I know I was only like 22 or 23, but I just could not really see a way, given my student loan situation, given my career trajectory, uh, and kind of given what was in front of me, how I was going to make that happen. And I started my blog to kind of write about, you know, for lack of a better phrase, my quarter life crisis.
0: Yeah. And your business has since taken off. (laughs) Not only are you running a successful business on, you know, marketing, entrepreneurship, you're now also helping other women build six figure businesses. So you kind of, turned the corner from being the girl who was a paralegal, who just didn't really have high hopes for her career advancement to now being a six figure business owner, living your dreams and building a exceptional business in New York. That's amazing.
1: Thank you so much, Bola. It uh, has
0: had its challenges, but it's been worth every single one of them. And, you know, what's interesting, you and I had met at a New York City Women in Communications um, event, and you actually hosted the panel. And I remember um, when you were asking, you know, questions so like it was a panel for those of you listening it was a panel on women who had started businesses and you know female founders just talking about their experiences um to other women in the audience and Leah as you were asking the questions I was like oh wow she sounds like she has a really interesting story because you were asking questions that you know like whenever I do panels people don't typically ask or um it's not something that is like normal conversation. Like you really dug into like the behind the scenes of building a business and what people go through emotionally and things like that. And it wasn't just about the glitz and the glam. It was more so like take us through the motions. And I thought that was, yeah, you stood out. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. So did you. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to, you know, before we talk more about like business Things, business tips, advice. I want to learn more about your personal story as you were building your business. I know you went through a major life change. And um, just learn, you know, I, one of the things that people who listen to the podcast are always interested in is just the backstory. Um, because a lot of times the backstory um, helps you, it gives people almost like a space where they can relate before that backstory became the success story, right? Because sometimes when you see a success story, it's kind of out of reach. Oh yeah, she's built a six figure business. Okay, I'm not quite there yet and I can't relate to her. But when you're able to share your backstory with people, like this is what happened before I became this now today, you know, six figure business owner, then it makes it more relatable relatable and people can say, wait a minute, this is how I too can do this. I would love for you to share more of your personal story with us
1: yeah i'm I'm happy to and I'm so grateful that you share that so much and that you asked about it because, like you said on that panel, I do think it's not only important but actually the most important thing to talk about because I think it's what gives anyone who has the dreams of building a business the actual tools to make it happen um and it also is what unites us and you know entrepreneurship is is hard uh so it's important to to find people that can really support you and you can't really do that if you aren't sharing the very real struggles that come in with it. And so where it really showed up for me, you know, I've had struggles all along, just like all of us, but uh, in particular, a walk through the timeline. So in January of 2018, so a little, about a year and a half ago, um, I was still working at a nine to five job and I had my business on the side and it was going pretty well. And I was optimistic, but not really seeing exactly what I wanted out of it, and not seeing huge growth. But that January, you know, it was like New Year's Eve at midnight, and I was popping champagne. And I was like, in in a year from today, uh, I you know I want to be able to leave my 9 to 5 job. So basically, I was giving myself a year to step it up, pick it up, get serious, really see what I could could do with that, um, and hope that in a year I would be able to resign. And not a year, but only two months later, so in March, at the very beginning of March of that year, I was doing okay for those first two months. Hadn't seen a huge boost in my income, but, you know, still kind of sticking with it. And I was out to dinner one night on March, early March. And I got a phone call from a a ski patrol officer in Colorado telling me that, they have found my dad and that he, he died skiing. It still chokes me up.
0: Oh my goodness. So
1: to say that it was traumatic is, you know, an understatement. Um, But I remember after that, something switched in me almost immediately, like even through all the shock and all the grief and everything, That just really strongly said, you, you need to leave your job. You are holding yourself back. You know, you can do this. You know, you know, you can, you can make something of yourself and you've been holding yourself back for a long time. And this is a wake up call for you that life is fleeting and life is short and you, I can't, you can't live like that anymore. So I went to my pastor who had you know, known my dad and did my dad's service and I, to- I told him what I was thinking and I said, I want to go back to New York and I want to I leave my job. I'm really feeling like that's what I need to do. And he gave me really good advice. He said, you know, I hear you and I think it's great that you're trying to find some sort of motivation out of this. But I would not recommend making any quick decisions or big decisions rather for about six months because, you know, you're still in shock and it's going to be really hard to go through all of the emotions of that change while you're still processing your grief and your shock on top of that. And that made a lot of sense to me because at that point, like I said, my business, I was not financially in a place where I would be making, you know, the equivalent to what I was at my nine to five job. Maybe I could have made it work, but it would have been very stressful. And I wouldn't have been able to, you know, have those days where like I just cried and couldn't get out of bed. I would have been so stressed. So anyway, long story short, those six months were... Uh, difficult in a lot of ways. And a lot of ways they were the worst six months of my life. But in a lot of ways, as as crazy as it is to say, and honestly, even as painful as it is to say, they were some of the best. And I just had never, I found a power within me that I never really knew or, or that I always knew, but never really let come out. And in those six months, I got my Business really off the ground. I got it to make more than I was making at my nine to five job for several months in a row. I started launching new programs. I started mentoring people, and on pretty much the six month mark from the day my dad passed, I I gave my resignation.
0: Wow. So, Leah, you kind of talked about this a little bit before we started recording the podcast, but please accept my condolences. You know, in regards to your dad, that's like yeah. it must have been a devastating experience, mm-hmm. and you know. What's, despite the devastating, this devastating experience that I can wish on anybody, I can't even imagine that, is that you found your kind of like a reason yeah. to go out of your way, to go, to get out of your comfort zone, to go above and beyond and turn not just your business, but your life around in six short months Mm -hmm. and that is something that you know I see happen with women there and there is a, a life situation that happens um not as devastating as what happens to you but something happens that makes them sit up and be like wait a minute Why am I wasting my time? Why am I not pursuing this thing? Why am I not stepping out of this comfort zone to get what it is I really want for myself, knowing that life is so short? Um, I just think that the fact that you took that experience and you turned it around to become this today is amazing. Like your dad would be so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: It's um you know my story is like the message I want to send about this and the reason I tell it is it's not actually really about the passing of my father. Yeah I mean yes that was a huge part of my story and that will always be a huge defining part of my life but the message here is that any of us can take pain and turn it into something more purposeful and in fact, I think that that's <laughs> I think that that's what entrepreneurship is is taking a challenge or a failure or a devastation or a roadblock and turning it into something that you that can make you better. And I think the commonality between the best entrepreneurs, you know, are that they're able to move quickly. And the only way you can move quickly is if you are good at turning the struggles and challenges and pain that we all have and we all go through. And my example is kind of a dramatized version of it, but this same concept shows up every day, you know, in ways big and small in our lives. No one's immune to pain. No one's immune to challenges. And I think the reason that it made me move so much faster is because I just got a crash course in how to adapt quicker, Uh, you know, and how I'm not saying that I didn't go through a lot of shock. And honestly, it's been over a year. And some days I still feel that shock and that denial So obviously this hasn't been a smooth journey for me, but I do think that I got better at accepting situations I was in, you know, with my dad, but then also with business. Okay, this is the financial situation I'm in. I didn't make a sale. I didn't get this client. I got this rejection. Um, I didn't do this right you know, okay, this is what's going on. How can we keep going from here? And I think that that is something I had to learn and I hated that I had to learn it in this way,
0: but that's what happened. And I think that that is what helps me move quicker now. So, yeah, let me ask you this, because I I feel like this would be helpful for somebody who's listening to this, who has gone through, you know, some sort of situation that has kind of caused them to just experience a lot of pain or, you know, just like, a lot of emotions associated to what has happened Mm -hmm. in that instance where you, you know, this, you know, your dad has passed away and you're now in this, it's almost like a crossroads. The way I see it is, you know, because you have a couple options. You can just stay in that space where you're like, this has happened to me. Life is so unfair and just stay in your emotions. Cause some people just, they can they do that for years, for decades, right? Versus you choosing to take that situa- situation and use it as the catalyst to make massive change. What was, I guess, what was the dis- decider for you? How did you like navigate? Okay, I'm gonna, as difficult as this might be, I'm gonna get out of my grief and pursue this dream versus yeah. i'm just gonna stay here and grieve because i just don't know what else to do and i may not have phrased that question very yeah. well but
1: yeah okay. no, I, I completely understand and i think it's thank you so much for asking it and um i think logically my answer would be and has been that i wanted to do things in honor of my dad and that i didn't want his death to be in vain and you know that's not untrue but like on a emotional level if i'm being really honest about what i was feeling day after day when i made the decision to to try to keep going it was that his passing for some reason really just manifested in a way for me that i i needed to feel alive and you know honestly bola i think some of it was uh, an element of escapism like i could not sit in that grief because it was too painful. So I think some of mm. it was even distracting myself. You know, what else can I do? How can I change my life so that I don't notice his absence as much? And I want to be clear that the way I've done things is something I'm proud of, but it has not come without with it, with its own without its own, you know, huge challenges. For example, I have really had to deal with a lot of guilt that has come up because I feel Like, I'm sad that I wasn't able to sort of be this person while my dad was still here and that I wasn't able to like, let him see, you know, what I'm now capable of. And is, am I really honoring it in the right way? I mean, you know, I know that this is a little bit in the mud, but I just want to make the point that, um, both, (laughs) both any way of dealing with challenge or especially something as heavy of grief it's still probably going to come with some stickiness. And I think mm-hmm. that it, I kind of wish I would have known that because for a long time, I thought that that stickiness or that guilt was indications that I maybe was doing this wrong or I should be giving myself more time or, you know, am I grieving correctly, which isn't a thing, first of all. Um, but so if I would have known that, you know, no matter what way I go about this, there's going to be... To, difficulties and, and, and guilt and, and grief, period, I think it would have freed me a lot and just sort of helped me accept that, you know what, this is going to be difficult no matter what, but going forward is the better option than than staying stuck. And so even if it has difficulties, I'm still going to choose that path.
0: So let's <laughs> shift gears a little bit. Uh, <laughs> um, so one of the things you mentioned is that building a business is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I can testify. <laughs> this is one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. Outside of being pregnant, with my team, <laughs> which is just horrific. But that's a different different podcast, ladies. That was a terrible experience. Thank God they arrived safely. Um, this <laughs> you know, like the next most difficult thing I've done. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't Aww. even put being married as being this difficult. <laughs> okay. You're getting married soon, Leah, by the way. So marriage is amazing. <laughs> so, our landlord, he was like, the most
1: difficult thing I ever did, my wife and I ever did, was plan our wedding. And they have two kids. And when he said that, I'm like, okay, you are clearly the man, because I'm pretty sure being pregnant is more
0: difficult than planning a wedding. I know. Childbirth. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. Okay. So one of the questions you asked me at that panel is knowing what I know now about building a business, what would I do differently? And my response to you was, if I knew what I know now, I would not do it. (laughs) (laughs) that was just me, listen, ladies, that was just me being completely honest. Um, this has been a really hard journey for me. And it's not just about building the business, right? It's about the emotional aspect of it. Mm-hmm. It's about your mental state. It is about your physical health. It is about the relationships in your life and being able to manage time. Like one of my biggest struggles is like putting my kids first, putting my husband first, putting my my personal life making time for that and then building this thing that is all consuming in my life. Mm-hmm. So yes, you know it's and it's not to discourage anybody because I love doing this thing that I'm doing, but it's also to set the stage that this is really, 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 really difficult. So all that being said, I wanted to ask you to share what have been pros and cons, what have been your biggest business failures, and you can share as much or as little as you want, and on the flip side, what has been your biggest business success?
1: Whew. Um, <laughs> Where to begin? Okay. <laughs> you know, I am, um, I, God, it's, I feel like I've had 15 million small to medium sized failures, but no one like epic failure. And I think that that well, will knock on wood. Maybe you know, hopefully it just it's not that it just hasn't happened yet, but, um, I think that it's because I, you know, I really, as corny as it sounds, I really have learned something from every time that I failed and I don't want people to get it twisted. And so when I like kind of can say my elevator speech of my business, you know, I started it three years ago. I built it to six figures. Um, for some people, that's really quick. For some people, you know, you can look online and you see people hit six figures like in three months, which I in in totally twenty four
0: hours, right? Like since that's what we, you know, that's what's promoted on Instagram. I started my business this morning, and by tonight, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be
1: six basis. figures in one hour, right? So, um. <laughs> So, you know, to some my story might seem like I did it quickly, to others it might seem like it didn't happen as quickly. I'm not, you know, I for me it's just it is what it is. This is this is what happened. Um and I'm proud of it. Uh and I, I, I also want to be really clear about some of the other numbers in there. I didn't make my first sale until I would say over a year into it. Now, part of that is because I wasn't really treating it like a business. I wasn't really selling anything. Um, and I was sort of just blogging for fun. But, you know, that's something I want to be clear on. Like when people, you know, come to me and, and say that they've they've put all this money and time in it and it's been four months, like, just know you haven't. Like, that's just the truth. Um, so... I want to be clear about that. You know, I want to be honest about the fact that uh, I I've hit a lot every time I've hit a new income level. Like every time when I got my first five figure month, or when I even hit six figures, or even when I started making more than I was at my nine to five job, uh, those were exciting, and they usually were followed by months and months and months of stagnation. So you know, those are frustrating times. Even it doesn't matter how long you're in business, you still feel like you know, you're behind. And if you're comparing yourself to other people, you still feel like you could be doing better. So that's always happened for me. Um, I've had launches where no one's bought anything, where they've totally flopped. Uh, So, you know, again, like, I don't think I've had one colossal failure, but I I want to be
0: very honest that I've done plenty of of
1: failures. (laughs) Yeah. Or just a bunch of little ones, I guess. I don't know. Don't worry. I
0: can relate as well. That's why we can laugh about this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, you know, I think there are things that I'm proud of because I feel, well, I don't know, they, they sucked, but I feel more confident being able to teach what I do now. And I feel more confident being able to help my clients now, because I actually do know what doesn't work. You know, like if I just sort of glided through and got lucky, I don't really feel like I would be as confident as I am.
0: They're part of the process. You, you have to fail to, you cannot sidestep this thing. You have to fail, um, in order to succeed. And I always tell people that when you're failing, like just take it all in. And when it's time to fall, just fall with as much grace as you can fall and then yeah. pick yourself back up because you're going to have to fall in order to gain the experience and learn the lessons that you need to apply to your success. Like Similar to you, the first tax return that I filed that had Clever Girl Finance on it, Um, like, you know, I started the business in August and by the January, I, I had $200 Mm. as revenue on that tax return. Mm. (laughs) That's amazing. You Am I crazy? I want to, I want to build, I want to quit my job to do this. You better get your life, girl. You know, so it's kind of like, we've all been there. So there's no shame in failure. There's been like, if we were to sit and talk about failure, right? we will be here until tomorrow in fact i can i would start by telling you the failures that i failed yesterday and the day before and then the day it's like fail every day and do it with a smile on your face because the more you fail the more you know the more you grow um you know and so yeah i wear them with a badge of honor right
1: right you know it's, it's 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 So important to to remember both for us and for people that are you know building their own businesses. Like for every just for for example, for every client I get, I have done fifteen sales emails and lots of calls and gotten like tons of no's. You know, but it it only takes the yeses to actually move you forward. So it doesn't actually matter how many no's you get.
0: No, it doesn't matter. In fact, I got a no this morning. That's okay.
1: Yeah. I like am trying to do a new thing in my business and I've gotten I got my fourth rejection email today and it's like, well,
0: all in a all in a day. Oh no, thank you so much. I yeah. appreciate it. So, but what is the one, I guess if you were to pick one thing that has been your most memorable success in your business? What would, what would you say that is? I think the
1: day that, there's a few things. I mean, I think the day that I left my nine to five job was really so memorable for me. And it it wasn't so memorable for me just because I felt like I was, you know, my business was taking off because at that point I I already had felt quite a bit of business momentum. And frankly, I think I could have quit even a bit sooner, but it had so much emotion to me about, you know, uh, about what I had overcome since my dad had passed away six months before and about how I just really felt like I wasn't giving up on the the life that I had dreamed of for myself. And, you know, I knew the road was going to be rocky ahead. I knew it wasn't going to be smooth, but I think it was just a representation of the fact that I had decided that I was not going to settle and, and I came through for myself. And I think that those are, that that's some of the piece that's most rewarding in business is when at the end of the day, you know, your relationship with yourself is improved because you showed up for yourself and you you kept promises to yourself and you, you know, you did what you you got up that morning and set out to do. And of course, this doesn't happen to me every day, but I think that those are the moments that that mean the most to me. You know, I I love Diane von Furstenberg and she always says that we need to pay more attention to the relationships with ourselves you know even if you're married you have kids your parents at the end of the day it's still you and and that's not meant to sound lonely that's meant to sound you know powerful um and so i think any moment when i really just felt like i showed up for myself that that's what i think is is been the most rewarding part of this so far
0: mm-hmm. so one of the things that you do is now help other women to build their own six-figure businesses. And one of the, the, I guess, most popular ways of people to go into business right now, the side hustle or like pursuing full-time entrepreneurship is by creating some sort of online business, some sort of service or product to solve other people's problems that they can monetize, you know, and start to apply to their financial goals and, you know, like, the quality of life they want to live, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So this is somewhat general, but like for someone who's listening to this, who is in that space where they are thinking about starting an online business or have started one or actively running one, what are some initial things that they can, that they should start to think about as they pursue not just revenue, but profitability?
1: I love this question. My, my biggest tip, especially right now is, is, that if you want to go into this, if you want to go into any business, but I think especially if you're looking in the online business arena to feel passionate about the message or mission that's on your heart. And I don't want that to put too much pressure on anyone because, you know, like things change. My own mission has changed over the years and that that's fine. But the point I'm trying to get at is, um, If you go into it more concerned about the actual content you're delivering, like, for example, if you go into it because you want to do things with um, YouTube or you want to do a blog or you want to, you know, run Facebook ads or something like that, um, those things change all the time. And I think what makes businesses resilient in the ever-changing online space is when they have a very clear message and missions, just like you will. Like your message about, you know, personal finance for women can be conveyed and taught across any platform, you know? So it doesn't, I mean, of course it's easier for us if we know what platform is working and we actually are grounded in what's going on, but you don't really have the threat of other companies or other algorithms or changes to consumer behavior or all these other complex things uh, to sort of like, threaten your, your work. And so that would be my main message to people that are wanting to start this, because I think with the way you know advertisements are out there today, it can get really seductive to think, oh, I'm gonna start an online course and then I'm gonna set up an email funnel and it's gonna be passive and I'm never gonna have to work. And it's like, okay, well, I do think that's possible. I know people that do that. But what is your course going to be about? And if the course doesn't work, are you still going to be as passionate about that content to do it in a different form until it does? So my first tip would be to really, you know, try to hone in on a mission or message that is resilient. And then my second tip would be to literally after this podcast go sign up for a domain and start today because you're not getting any younger and your website's not going to be perfect at the beginning anyway so you should just start one
0: I know oh my god let that. <laughs> <laughs> okay let's keep it moving let's it's not talk about, about beginning websites <laughs> <laughs> oh my god talk about failure but we all had to go that we all have to go through it so yes you know. We're laughing, ladies. We are laughing because... We're laughing with you. <laughs> we weren't laughing through it.
1: <laughs> 3 a.m. trying to figure out WordPress. Oh, it was not me.
0: Okay,
1: so you were saying get a domain. Um, yeah, so, I, well, those would be my two tips right now. Just focus okay. on your message, message and mission. And then two, just start today. Start a website.
0: That's really important. And I I feel like we are in this day and age of like Instagram businesses where people's entire business is on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then when I click on the profile link, it leads me to PayPal to pay. I don't know what I'm paying for, (laughs) but my Instagram profile is my business. It's my webpage, it's my blog, it's my contact me. And that's great because Instagram is becoming this like social, it's becoming a community in a sense where they're adding all these features and they're going to continue to add more where you can spend hours doing everything you need to do in Instagram, including now shop and buy things and, you know, have video chats in there, you know, do live sessions, watch IGTV. And there's all these things that are going to keep coming into Instagram. But at the same time, one of the most important things I like to remind people is that you do not own that platform and you do not own that audience. And if one day Instagram decides, you know, we're going out of business, we're getting acquired, we're changing our name, I'm focusing on this thing, and they change, which is what many people have started to see with the algorithm changes, you have, you cannot download your followers and put them onto yeah. your contact list you like your business is done and so it's really important to have your own home base your virtual home base in the form of your website you know your little corner of the internet that people know where to find you regardless of social media
1: I totally agree. That your website and your email list, that's like, I really emphasize that in all my programs for the same reason. You don't own anything else other than your email list.
0: Yep. So once you go to GoDaddy to get your domain, then you need to go to MailChimp or ConvertKit to start your list. And no, they're not sponsoring this episode. But if you know someone that works there that's listening, they can send me a check. (laughs) (laughs) Someone that works there that's listening. Yeah. So. Start the website, start the email list. And if yes. you are on Instagram and you're selling your products, for every product you post up for sale, depending on how you sell your products, you know, remind people, here is this amazing thing you can buy. By the way, go join my email list so you can get my latest updates. And here's my website address. That's what you own. That's what you control. That's how you can really own that audience, that list, regardless of what happens to Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or all the other different ones. Yes, I totally agree. So Leah, what is your favorite business book?
1: My favorite book about sales that taught me the most about business, even though it's not directly business related,
0: would be The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Wattles. Oh, that book is amazing. I actually read that a long time ago. I read it when I was commuting into New York and I have a book that has just notes in the back. Mm. It's such a objective, practical way to really understand money. It's amazing. I read it all the time. You know, it never gets old. Like it never, the lessons never end. Okay. I'm going to put that in the show notes. Excellent book. Definitely recommend it. Um, And then, so that's your favorite book for like, you said, do you have any other favorite books?
1: Um, I'm trying to think of ones that are like very clearly business related, but I
0: or just I, even personal finance
1: books. Hey, we'll take yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I love your book, Bola. I love your book because it, you know, and you have it. <laughs> I, ha- I do have it. I'm one of the lucky ones. <laughs> um, I love it because it's, a, it's for women. Um, and you know, I think it's important for women to make their own money. Um, And so that, you know, that one is up there. Um, I'm trying to think of other personal finance books. I like, I think when I got out of college, I was really into personal finance literature and it, it, things are so different when you're dealing with your finances at a nine to five job versus an entrepreneur situation, like night and day. So I feel like I've had to relearn it at this stage. (laughs) Did you feel like
0: that? Business finances and personal finances are two there are two different things. They have some similarities in the sense that yes, you need to have a budget for your business. Yes. You need to, you know, like plan out your business expenditures and things like that, plan out your, according to your income. But there's like so much more, you know, there's breaking, breaking even. And there's like, um, um, taxes and there's like, you know, forecasting your expenses and forecasting your income and that stuff is, you know, like even if you're really good with your personal finances, you definitely want to take some time out to really sit down and understand how you're going to manage your business finances. So key. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Awesome. So I will also add my book to the show notes. Please (laughs) go. Absolutely. Then, <laughs> before I let you go, my last question is, uh, well, second to the last question is, what is your clever girl superpower? <sighs> um, I think. Well, the first thing that
1: came to mind, like I always say, that my that grief is my superpower because I think it gave me a perspective that I didn't have beforehand, um, and I think I just my superpower is having, you know, the perspective to let things go easier because I just can't take things as seriously as I used to anymore. Mm -hmm. And so it's just um, easier now to release stress that, you know, isn't actually helping me.
0: Is that a good answer? Yeah. Everybody's, what everybody considers their superpower is different and it's unique. And I think, you know, that makes sense for you yeah, you know like especially given what you've had to deal with and so like that's a great superpower to have, right? Like mm-hmm. and grief in the sense that you don't let grief overpower you, you manage it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and you you know you you take
0: whatever you can learn from it. You, you And you did that because you used that as your catalyst to build this thing we're talking about now, your six-figure business, which I'm assuming you're now going to pursue to seven, (laughs) like the rest of us. (laughs) <laughs> oh, a girl can dream. <laughs> it was tiring getting to see. We can laugh <laughs> about more mistakes.
1: We can laugh about more mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. By then it's gonna be like we're gonna need to go on a camping trip to talk about <laughs> all the like,
0: like, <laughs> when it's almost like it's when you think about mistakes and failures, in a way we're laughing about this, like ha ha ha. But it's also terrifying to think about the fact that you're going to have to experience more to get to that next level of growth. Yes. You're to be laughing. <laughs> no, it's always scary. It's always scary.
1: <laughs> but you have no choice, but to keep going, you know, yeah,
0: you have no choice at the end of the day, you know, the emotion, the stress, the, you know, all of those things, um, the outcomes make it all worth it. Right. right. Yeah. Love that. So, Leah, how can folks keep in touch with you, um, keep up with you, learn more about your business and how you help women build six figure businesses, um, et cetera?
1: Yeah, so I have a, I did a sort of case study of what I did in my business during that time when I really ramped up my income and when I got um, when I got it to several thousand a month above my nine to five jobs. So, you know, that's good for anyone that is in a side hustle and wants to get their income up, but it's also good for people that just are ready for a new income level. Um, it kind of takes away all the failures Bull and I have been talking about and just picks out the things that worked. And so you can download that case study at urban20something.com slash raise my income. And it's the number 20, not spelled out. Um, And my website is urban20something.com and you can find me on Instagram. I'm very active there at urban20something.
0: Awesome. And I'm going to put all those links in the show notes for folks who want to come and learn more. So thank you so much, Leah, for joining. This has been awesome.
1: Well, thank you so much, Paula. It is such a pleasure
0: to speak with you and your audience, and I'm so grateful for you and everything you do. So what an episode, right? Well, I do hope that you guys enjoyed listening to this episode on how Leah turned her devastation into massive success for herself. And if you did enjoy listening to this episode, be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. You can do that on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, basically anywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And you can also listen to episodes and watch videos on the Clever Girl Finance YouTube channel. And if you are loving, loving, loving the podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. If it's been a while, head over to clevergirlfinance.com. Check out our brand new courses. We have a ton of courses. Um, and when you sign up for our courses, you also get access to schedule free calls with our mentors that can hold you accountable. So if you're in that space where you need an accountability partner, you can definitely leverage our Clever Girl Finance mentors when you join our platform. Okay, so that's it for today's episode and I'll be back with another episode soon. Thank you guys so, so much for listening.